Welcome to the Planet Laundry Podcast. This message is brought to you by Planet Laundry, the magazine of the Coin Laundry Association. In this episode, you will hear from our editor, Bob Neiman, while he interviews CLA's president and CEO, Brian Wallace, in the first installment of a segment we're calling How's Business? A laundry industry information update about a variety of important topics pertaining to the vended laundry business. Hi, uh, I'm here with uh, Brian Wallace, the uh, president and CEO of the Coin Laundry Association. Uh, and Brian, thanks very much for uh, agreeing to sit down with me and uh, take a little time uh, to kind of bring us all up to speed on uh, what's going on uh, within the association, uh, as well as what's happening within the industry in general. Um, it's, it's certainly been a, a crazy and a very challenging seven months or so, to say the very least. Um, but however, throughout that entire time, laundromats have remained open for business. Uh, and I guess I'd like to uh, discuss that a little bit with you, Brian. Um, I know that one of uh, the CLA's main goals at the outset of the coronavirus pandemic uh, was getting laundromats officially recognized as essential services, thus ensuring that laundromats across the country could remain open, uh, even while so many other small businesses were being forced to close their doors. So I'm not sure that all laundry owners understand exactly what went into securing that uh, quote-unquote essential designation. Can you walk me through that process a little bit, Brian? Because uh, it's really turned out to be a huge uh, game changer for the industry over the last several months and even continuing now into into fall. Yeah, sure, Bob, and, and thanks for having me. I'm always happy to talk about what's going on in the industry. And, you know, when COVID hit mm -hmm. and the shutdown started, um, you know, there was just a million things to do. And so we really had to focus on, you know, what was the primary threshold issue that needed to be addressed? And uh, very clearly came forward that uh, being deemed essential and staying open for business was the most important of all the uh, competing uh priorities uh, in, in the wake of the pandemic uh, hitting the country. So uh, really a couple of things happened. Uh, firstly, uh, these uh, stay-at-home orders uh, began to roll out more or less on a state-by-state -state basis. And we uh, found ourselves either automatically included or excluded uh, depending on a given state. So obviously when there was a state where we were on the list, you know, there was a list coming out, right? Grocery stores, uh, pharmacies, mm -hmm. gas stations, you know, uh, you know, kind of essential businesses. So sometimes we were just on the list. Uh, more often than not, however, a, a list would come out from a state and uh, the laundromat industry was not included. And so we had to get to work. And so there wasn't one particular tactic that worked perfectly. We, we Everything from simply calling the governor's office to... Uh, calling our local members to find out who might know a, a local legislature, uh, just sort of calling in favors uh, on a state-by-state -state basis. And uh, slowly but surely, in kind of an erratic uh, fashion, we were able to uh, make our way onto the list, uh, really in all the states. Uh, you know, And again, some took a massive effort, and some we were lucky enough to be included right away. And you know, Bob, I don't think any uh, you know, uh, politician or administrator ever sat there down and said, you know what, we really shouldn't include the laundromats. I, I just think in cases where we weren't automatically included, it just was the fact that we just weren't top of mind like some of those other uh, key businesses that we uh, talked about earlier. So 
you know, as we got further down the list, uh, you know, 20 states, 30 states, uh, heading toward 40 states, uh, increasingly the, the states that were last to adopt uh, some measures, uh, close down measures, uh, the increasingly we're starting to defer to the federal guidance. You know, and so we kept hearing that while well, we're going to we're going to follow the directions from federal federal government. So uh, at that point, uh, we got together sort of informally with a number of our industry manufacturers, suppliers, even some owner operators, and uh, we're lucky enough to form a, sort of an ad hoc group uh, consortium to uh, pull some financial resources as well as some contacts, and we actually uh, put on uh, a, a lobbyist to help us. Uh, kind of cross that final uh, threshold of, of being as part of the, the, the federal guidance on this. And so um, right. I won't walk you through all the gory details, but uh, it was an expensive and important endeavor. And we ultimately were added to that federal guidance. And of course, that federal guidance didn't have jurisdiction over what the states could do. But again, as states started to look to uh, kind of a federal standard, uh, we felt that that was important to do that. So we're fortunate enough to raise the funds and connect with the lobbyists who had a direct line into the White House uh, Coronavirus Task Force. And so, again, there, no one was deliberately excluding us or fighting us on it. It just was a matter of education. And so once we were able to talk about the important essential role that we play as an industry, that we're helping the community with clean clothes, especially during COVID, that a lot of our Customers are essential workers and, and other sectors. It became very clear to everybody involved that we um, basically codify what we've believed for decades, which is that we are, in fact, an essential business. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank all those contributing uh, manufacturers and, and member companies and uh, everyone who I called out of the blue uh, to ask if you knew your state. Uh, Senator, uh, it was really a group effort to make sure that we were solidly uh, deemed essential in the face of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, it's just a case of getting in front of the decision makers uh, and some simple education. Uh, and, and as I said before, it, it's really turned out to be a, a game changer uh, as the months and months have rolled on. So uh, uh, well done on, on that one. Um, as we're now well into fall, and, and quickly heading into winter, what are you hearing from, from laundry owners across the country these days? Uh, you know, many of them saw really sharp declines in their business when COVID first hit uh, back in March and April. Uh, how are they coping now as, we, as we're in October? Um, uh, how are they adapting? Are they bouncing back? Uh, what, what are you hearing, Brian? Well, Bob, you know, you know, I've been at this a long time, 28 plus years in the laundry industry, and I've really never been as proud as uh, of the industry as I have been in the last several months, because it's one thing to uh, be deemed essential. It's another thing to rise to the occasion, right, and deliver. Uh, so uh, the industry has certainly, you know, the industry has certainly done that and taken the extra measures and reinvested in the cleaning and disinfecting, allowing for social distancing, communicating with customers, uh, implementing the uh, mask requirements. And it's just really been a stressful time for laundromat owners. So I just want to start by, you know, uh, giving them all the credit. And, um, you know, you're right. It was particularly difficult early on uh, for really anybody in any line of work <laughs> to kind of get, uh, get our mm -hmm. bearings. But, but it became clear that 
Now, our first round of uh, pulse surveys out to the industry uh, showed that, yeah, the average laundromat was down better part of, you know, 30 or even 35 percent, uh, which, you know, to a certain degree might fly in the face of, well, we're a recession-resistant business or we're impervious, but, you know, early on, just people were not coming out of their homes. It, you we got to kind of teleport back to that March and April timeframe. And so being only down 30 percent, uh, probably said a lot about the resiliency of our industry. So, um, you know, as we, as we got into the latter part of the summer, we continued to survey, and, and then uh, people were telling us, so no, it's more like 10 to 20% down, uh, which again, compared to almost anything out there, uh, was a real win. And so, you know, fast forwarding to the present, as you said, it was, we're getting into the fall months into winter, um, I'm hearing a lot of folks that are sort of somewhere between that 10% uh, down uh, to and back to normal. Uh, so I don't wanna um, uh, you know, exclude those of you that are listening that might still be at that 20% or 30% down or, or uh, those that might even be up a few percentage points. It just uh, you know, kind of has a lot to do with what's happening locally, we've always said that this is a neighborhood business. So as goes your neighborhood, so goes your laundromat. And I think that that right. old adage uh, really uh, became clear uh, in the context of COVID and how folks are doing. So I think taking it all together, uh, I've heard a lot of people saying, um, uh, you know, thank goodness for the laundromat business um, and just feeling good about having made the investment. And, and frankly, uh, a couple times a week, at least, I'm speaking with potential first-time laundromat owners that said, "Look, you know, I, I got let go from my job, or uh, whatever industry I'm in is not uh, stable as I'd like it to be in the long term. I really think I want to, you know, start my entrepreneur uh, journey." And uh, saying, mm -hmm. "I looked around to see what was still open and still sort of thriving, uh, you know, grading on this COVID curve." And uh, so I, I even see the laundromat industry attracting uh, new people uh, based on how well we performed uh, during this very difficult time. Absolutely. Uh, certainly the market by market, there certainly are some uh, some silver linings in certain places and, uh, and uh, certainly the industry has really stepped up the last seven months or so. So uh, absolutely. Um, the, the other two segments of the industry, the, the laundry distributorships, uh, and those within the manufacturing sector. Um, how are they faring? And, and what changes are you seeing within those two segments that may impact laundry owners in the future? Are they changing their business models at all or anything? How are they doing? And uh, and, and what can laundromat owners expect mm -hmm. from their distributors and the manufacturing side? Well, of course, Bob, we've got this you know sort of symbiotic relationship uh, you know, between the different sectors, the owner operators, the manufacturers, and the distributors. And, you know, sometimes that can be cast as a, a transactional relationship or, or some might even feel adversarial at times. But, you know, my long history, I just really know that how much we're all interconnected. You know, we need great products. We need those great products supported. We need that equipment supported, installed, and, you know, kind of the whole ecosystem of bringing the laundromat uh, to life. And so, Again, like most other businesses, the laundromat, uh, laundromat uh, manufacturers and distributors uh, were impacted. Uh, they were able to, uh, you know, adopt the same 
uh, essential designation as the owner operators at retail were able to do. So they were able to stay open and continue servicing um, our whole industry. Uh, so yeah, were there uh, some slowdowns? Did some factories have to uh, take a breath and, and retool? Um, did some of the distributorships have to kind of uh, adapt to maybe less uh, uh, demand from OPL and more demand from vended laundry? Um, you know, it just kind of showed how, again, how resilient and how diversified uh, the industry manufacturers and distributors uh, have been all along. And while we appreciate that uh, owner operators certainly called CLA and reached out to CLA in re record numbers, uh, we know that that primary relationship is with their local distributors. So um, I just, just want to thank uh, particularly the distributors in, the, in that context of being there, being on the other end of the phone, uh, talking with our um, uh, owner operator members, you know, getting that local uh, feel, getting that uh, support, that encouragement, uh, that uh, direction from the distributor group, uh, I think was uh, you know, as important as it's ever been uh, as we all were looking for support and information uh, during these times. And, and for the manufacturers, it's not easy to turn on a dime. Uh, and I uh, just really want to commend them for uh, rising to the occasion, you know, supporting uh, their distributors, keeping that equipment rolling off the line and getting out into service. Uh, really an impressive um, performance, really, by all sectors of our industry. And Again, uh, we, we, none of us can stand alone. We need to be all uh, working together and supporting one another to make sure that the uh, tens of millions of families that need to do laundry this weekend can do so. Right, 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 very much. Brian, maybe this is a, a, a different way of asking the same questions I've already asked, but due to COVID, in what ways has the laundromat industry uh, in general been forced to change, perhaps for the better? Have there been any changes that you see are going to remain put going forward that are actually bettering the industry? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And again, you know, when you have uh, a diverse group of entrepreneurs, you're always going to uh, see new ideas come to the forefront. Uh, but I think like a lot of things in society, my sort of my amateur philosophy is that uh, COVID has served simply accelerate a lot of existing trends. Um, and you know, bring them more front and center. And so when I apply that lens to the laundromat business, I look at things like more interest in payment systems. Uh, I apply it to, at the store level, uh, not only a greater emphasis on cleaning and disinfecting, but making that perhaps the centerpiece of the marketing approach. Uh, again, reassuring customers, reassuring the public that the laundromat is clean and safe to use and, and that you're taking those extra steps. So I think that um, you know, like I said, accelerating an existing trend, like uh, offering customers more ways to pay for laundry, um, best practice, like keeping the place immaculately clean and being able to uh, hold that out as a differentiator uh, to consumers. I think those are just two examples right there of things that I think will uh, continue, you know, in a, let's call it a post-COVID environment or a, or a new normal uh, environment. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so, you know, for 60 years, people have been talking about cleanliness and friendliness you know, as being keys to success in the laundry <laughs> right. business. And, you know, there's a reason these things become old adages is, you know, there's a lot of truth to it. So I think those are a couple of things that 
uh, come to my mind. Uh, I think that uh, more people are looking at some of the additional uh, technologies, whether it be ozone or, or UV or uh, just you know, being able to offer more cycle settings, um, you know, whether it be an extra wash or a hotter wash. Um, and really just trying to, again, focus on that core service of getting uh, clothes, getting linens, getting any kind of garment or textile uh, clean and uh, made safe uh, in this particular environment. So I think that is definitely something that's going to uh, carry through. And, you know, a bigger picture from an industry growth standpoint, um, uh, you know, again, when we have these economic uh, downturns where more people are find themselves unemployed or in a lower income group uh, and or renters, uh, uh, again, I mean, those are things that, you know, tend to play together and, you know, that uh, historically has filled out some of the key uh, characteristics for laundromat customers. So I do think that uh, some may start to see even greater demand for their services, at least based on historical uh, standards and looking at who our key uh, customer groups are. So I think that will also play into the mix. Uh, from, from an opportunity mm -hmm. standpoint, um, as we've seen as recently as the Great Recession in 2008, 2009, we also know that there might be some kind of what they call what uh, the buying on the dip. Um, you know, there's going to be some empty, you know, there's going to be some empty storefronts. Um, uh, perhaps some better locations available. Um, could be a better time to negotiate or renegotiate a commercial lease, uh, given uh, what's going on around us. Um, there very well may be more uh, distressed laundromats for sale, and perhaps at better prices. And mm -hmm. you know, we hate to see that. Uh, negative outcome for anybody, but you know, again, much like a recessionary period, there are some marginal stores that happen to be on good and maybe even sometimes great locations that will be more widely available today. And so, again, anecdotally, back to what's going on with manufacturers and distributors, um, you know, mm -hmm. what I'm hearing is you know, new stores going in, retooling uh, projects happening. Uh, so the industry continues to chug along and. Again, that's an acceleration of an existing trend, you know, turning that old rundown uh, facility that's on a good location, retooling it, managing it better, you know, bringing better service to the public. I think, again, that's going to be accelerated uh, as we navigate through the pandemic. Certainly, certainly, certainly interesting times uh, for the laundry industry. And uh, again, a lot of those trends are things that uh, had already started and have maybe accelerated things, or it's just, hey, it's doing business the way you know you should have been doing business maybe anyway, is how mm -hmm. one laundry owner uh, explained it to me. So sure. uh, yeah, very, very interesting times. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to Planet Laundry at www.planetlaundry.com slash subscribe and follow us on social media at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube.